Hi, everyone, and welcome back to episode four of the Simply Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Colin, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Christian. How are we doing, everybody? We're just a couple of best friends who are passionate about all things pop culture. If you're looking for lukewarm takes on movies, video games, or TV shows, we've got just the show for you. Uh, obviously, we want to start off by thanking everyone who keeps tuning in every Wednesday. It's really Thank exciting you, when we post you. a new episode. Um, we get to spend the day checking in on our download numbers. I'm a little bit obsessed with it, and I don't know why. Uh, <clears throat> probably some praise issue there. <laughs> and uh, we get to see how many people are checking us out. And, you know, I just I really hope that everybody's enjoying what we're making for us, and you'll keep sticking with us. Every week, we've gotten more downloads than the last, so obviously something's going right. Mm-hmm. It's me. This week... Yeah, it's you. It's mostly you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just they tune in for Christian. Mm-hmm. Host number two keeps bringing them back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, this week we decided in preparation for Moon Knight on Disney Plus uh, that we were going to do something different and read some comics for this week's episode. Um, we each read something different, uh, so hopefully there's something for everyone. But before we get into that, um, this week I've got kind of a brief news week. Um, the Halo series debuted on Paramount+. Plus. Amazon announced a James Bond series. Uh, Until Dawn is getting a spiritual sequel that's coming out pretty soon, actually. And we got our first look at, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Barry Keoghan as the Joker. Oh, yeah, I'm very excited to talk about that. I am, too. Uh, yeah, so we, we, we read some comics this week, obviously. Moon Knight comics to try and get ourselves in the mood for the series. Um, mm-hmm. Moon Knight is one of the characters that I don't really have as much knowledge on, so I was kind of excited to dive into some of his more popular comics. And I actually, <laughs> I had plenty of time to read my comics, because I was all laid up. Uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, what, 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 what? is this? What is, <laughs> what, what is this? What is what? This sounds like it's towards me. No, 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 no. I read all 17 issues. Start yes, to finish. You did. I wasn't. I wasn't even coming at you. I was getting ready to fish for sympathy, talking yeah. about my back. But obviously, you have a guilty conscience. <laughs> I thought you were giving me shit. I got really. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, <wait. laughs> no, I, I hurt my back theme falling here. out of the shower. So I was just going to say I was laying up on a heating pad reading comics like a like a kid, you know, like four pillows all propped up behind me, nursing my ninety year old spine. Merry uh, Christmas. Every last one. <laughs> Tiny Tim. Yeah. No, but like, I mean, dude, it's twice in like six months I've fallen out of that fucking shower. <laughs> Get I'm your life start... alert. Yeah, I was going to say, Morgan's been sending me life alert. <laughs> I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> or like get those suction cup handles or the damn like floor grippies <laughs> like I'm a 90 year old. Just get me a shower stool so I can safely <laughs> bathe when no one's home. <laughs> What are those bathtubs that have the door in them? <laughs> so you don't have to lift your leg. Yeah, I fucking call the bath fitter, have them install a <laughs> shower like I'm a retiree. You got a chair in there? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, get a fucking a shower stool so I can just be calm and safe. Just sit down. We got to hose you down. Get me one of the, uh, <laughs> one of the, the chair lifts <laughs> for yeah. the hallway. <clears throat> Morgan's just sponge bathing you, and you're just yeah. all decrepit. <laughs> That's the dream, isn't it? All right. Enough about me being old and infirm. Uh, Whiny little baby. About the, yeah, little little baby, a little bitch baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now, we're going to jump into the news. 
the uh, the Halo series debuted on Paramount Plus this past Thursday, uh, March twenty fourth, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the fans and critics are kind of pretty favorable for it. There's, I would say, good to mixed. Um, I haven't heard a ton of like, this is dog shit, get rid of it, I don't want to see it anymore. Um, but there are people that are like, and you'll see it with any fandom, you know, people that are hardcore fans of the series and the characters are all, um, there's some things they take issue with. Um, I'm not. A, a Halo person. I, I was never on the Xbox, and I haven't played them since they started putting them on PC. So I, mm-hmm. I don't really have a dog in the fight. You know, I would be interested in checking it out because, from a, a non video game standpoint, I've heard good things about it. Um, I, and it's kind I of. Was, a, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it'd be interesting to kind of uh, give it a peek because, you know, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I never really played Halo. I mean, Halo yeah, Reach was like my friends, but I mean, right, I, yeah, I never like the multiplayer. Anything. Yeah, I never knew any like lore, uh, so I think it'd be interesting maybe like to give that a watch and just from an outside perspective. Yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> I think it's interesting too because it's kind of a uh, like a Cinderella story where it's been in development hell for like since the mid to late two thousands. Um, originally, it was going to be a film, and it had like Peter Jackson from the Lord of the Rings films attached to direct. And then okay. when that fell through, they were going to get Neil Blomkamp who made uh, District Nine. Um, oh, okay. They were they were going to have him do it, and that was just obviously when it was said to be a film, and then it kind of dropped off and been hot hot potatoed from like mm. you know channel to channel to producer to producer, and then finally Steven Spielberg uh, produced it for um, HBO. No, not HBO. Sorry, Paramount Plus. Yeah. And Paramount Plus put out a statement saying that it's their largest debut behind or their second largest debut. Sorry behind the series um, 1883, which is a prequel to the show Yellowstone, which I hear really good things about both of those shows. They just, they're, they've kind of been under my radar. Uh, but every time they come up, I, I only hear good things about them. Yeah. Um, and it's already been renewed for season two, the uh, Halo series has. So obviously, internally, they've got a lot of faith in the property and in the show itself um, to go, yeah, we're going to do another one of these. Oh yeah, I mean if because it, it just dropped, so if it already is yeah. approved, that means really good. That's really good things. I love that. It makes me think that they probably already planned on doing a season two. Um, you know, internally they liked it and they thought it had promise and they were going to do it. And now that they've released it and everybody's, they've gotten mostly positives. They're like, all right, cool, yeah, we're good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yeah, like I like I kind of mentioned up top, Amazon and the Broccoli family have announced plans for a new Bond series on Prime Video. Um, you know, last week we talked about MGM being purchased by Amazon and the Bond franchise going with it, uh, and we hadn't really heard much about what their plans were. Well, Bond fans will rejoice when they hear that a competition show called 007's Road to a Million uh, is, is going to be produced for Prime Video. I'm not the, excited for it. <laughs> no. The, the <laughs> quote from Deadline, the Deadline article, was, according to Prime Video... The show will see contestants competing in a global adventure to win the ultimate prize of up to $1.3 million. Uh, Filmed in many of the historic locations featured throughout the seminal Bond films, this cinematic format will be a test of intelligence and endurance. So it kind of has like an amazing race type uh, sound to it, because they talk about two-person teams having to correctly answer questions hidden in different locations, as well as conquering like physical obstacles. So it does kind of give amazing race vibes. To me, it kind of makes me think of the first Kingsman. <laughs> I 
I like that. Like uh, I mean, like, I like that a game show is giving off Kingsman. Oh, it's like reality. It is. Yeah, it is an actual like competition reality oh, show. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was yeah. like yeah. a TV show of actors and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, isn't gotcha. that yeah, the no. isn't that the plot to the Kingsman? Is they're going through this training to see who can get the right? No, no, no. Like actual. They're making a James Bond themed game show of sorts or reality show. <sighs> Just which bring I, back Wipeout. <laughs> What's wrong I, with yeah, that? You know, like, I doubt is what they had uh, pictured when they wrote the books for James Bond, you know? Dude, um, Survivor will always have my interest, though. I don't know why I'm yeah. such a sucker for it. Uh, so I just, yeah, I'm, I don't know what to make of that. The fact that the very first thing coming out from Amazon and MGM is a James Bond game show. Um, I don't think like, they didn't specify, but I would assume that Maybe the, the tr- it'll be trivia related to the Bond franchise, um, you know, to try and keep it on topic. But I, I couldn't mm-hmm. say for sure. They don't mention um, specifics that way. But uh, you can't blame it entirely on the Amazon merger because apparently this plan has been in the works for like f- better part of four years. So they were going to make this regardless. And now that Amazon bought them, they're just like, well, now we know the platform, too. It's going to go straight to Prime Video. But like, why? Like, it just doesn't sound appealing. Yeah. Yeah, because like if you're gonna make a series based in the Bond world, okay, neat. You know, sure. There's probably some good grounded stories you could do in there as like mini series about you know what about the other double O's or the people that work you know inside, right? Right. Yeah, I, that would pique my that would get grab my interest. Yeah, I'd much rather see a different take narratively rather than just a game show. It just seems like a really offbeat step. I don't know. Yeah, no, it doesn't doesn't grab me. No. Um, and then I mentioned that there's a, a spiritual sequel of sorts being made for uh, the <clears throat> Until Dawn by Supermassive oh. Games. Yeah, I forgot you meant. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so they actually released a trailer, and it was the first I'd heard of it. Uh, it's the game's called The Quarry, and they're actually uh, Supermassive Games are calling it themselves uh, a spiritual successor to Until Dawn. And watching the trailer, I could get that vibe. Um, it's about nine camp counselors who get stuck at their camp on closing day where, you know, they send all the kids home for the, you know, for the rest of the summer or whatever. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it seems like maybe they're having car trouble or whatever. Um, they're not able to leave on the bus. Um, and the like park ranger, maybe who's actually played by David Arquette from scream. Yeah. is the police officer. Um, he is like, yeah, you kids stay put. I'll go into town and I'll get us, you know, basically I'll get you out of here. Right. And it seems like someone or something starts hunting them and they have to try and survive the night or find their way out of the quarry. Uh, and it's actually got quite a few names and faces that I recognize. Um, it's got Ariel Winner from Modern Family. She's the, the younger sister of the two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I mentioned, David Arquette from Scream. Mm-hmm. It's got Brenda Song from Sweet Love, Zack and Cody. She's... Uh, no way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, London Tipton. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. And that's then, my show. Uh, <laughs> uh, Justice Smith. Who's the main character in Detective Pikachu? Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I'm, I'm sure I know him from other things, but that was the first thing I I pinned him to. I don't know why, right? Um, but yeah, and it's actually set for release June 10th, so that's like way closer than I thought it would be. Oh yeah, that's that's coming that's only really a couple soon. months away. Yeah. Oh shit, well, they kept it on the hush, I suppose. Um, and it looks like it is probably being developed for. I didn't pay attention. It looks like it's PS4 and PS5, but the graphics really say like they're trying to focus on. The new yes, generation of consoles, which makes sense. That's going to happen, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they looked really high quality graphics. Uh, it's, it seemed really tense. 
It was enough of a trailer to make me go, oh, shit, I want to check more of this out and play it, but didn't tell me hardly anything. You know what I mean? I don't know what's attacking them. I don't know if it's like a weird inside job, um, you know, something like, you know, kind of how the first game was. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I was really late to the party on that. I played mm-hmm. until dawn, maybe like, what, a year ago, two years ago, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, my wife and I, we hadn't been dating long when it came out. And um, yeah, some of my first memories of us dating are us playing that game together. Um, so I'm sure she'll be interested to check that out. She was actually the one that said, hey, we should check out this game until dawn. Um, and I'm glad she did. It's one of my favorites. It's yeah, a good it's example a good of game. like what a horror game could be and what a choice-based game can be mm-hmm. uh, to keep it tense and not just like you're clicking buttons, you know, choosing A or B, right? I thought it, I uh, one of my favorite aspects of it is there is multiple people. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're trying to keep everyone alive, but it's just so right. difficult to. There's at some points where you just can't. Yeah, and there's like there's no game over, you know. Yeah. If somebody dies, OK, that's how the story went. That person died. It plays like a slasher movie, which I like because you can be a, you can kind of brush off some like cringy or tongue in cheek stuff as being like, well, it's supposed to be like a teen horror flick, you know. Right. Um, I think that's all I got about that. Do you do you have any more thoughts on that? I know you really enjoyed Until Dawn. I don't no, yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah, I'm really excited for it. I'd love to give it a look, especially you know, because Until Dawn was made, you know, not not too long ago, but it was made. Yeah, I want to say like 2015, time. 2016. Yeah, All right, You know, that's uh, that's a good couple years. So, um, I'm excited to see the new content that they have because I was very pleased with the first game, and uh, I didn't know that. I didn't think they would ever make a second one just because, you know, it all wrapped up. It was all just uh, right. And that's, you know, story. So I'm very excited to see with, uh, you know, new graphics as well as I, I'm, I'm betting that it's got a really good story too. Yeah. Uh, so then obviously like kind of our, <laughs> the one piece of news that we'll talk the most about, I suspect is that uh, Matt Reeves, the director and writer of the Batman just released a 4k video of a deleted scene. And it's like a very major scene from the Batman uh, Joker and Batman meeting and having a little well, not meeting, but having a face to face inside Arkham. And this is so amazing. Like, yeah, it, like, it was really solid. Um, I loved it. I, <clears throat> sorry, I've got a frog in my throat. Um, I really wasn't sure when we saw the Batman. Uh, I don't even remember if I mentioned it in the episode, but I wasn't sure that I wanted to see another Joker. You know, I mean, we've gotten like, five in the last 10 years and i'm like i don't really know if i want another one um but then this has really kind of turned me around on that one you know what maybe yeah i i'm gonna come out and say it (laughs) i loved it like i loved that aspect of joker um especially because i know i mentioned that in the batman episode um they did a good job with joker in you know the i believe 2019 film joker with um yeah with joaquin phoenix yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. I always forget his name. Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> and um, so, I mean, I had high hopes for it. I was like, if they do it and it's just something completely different like they've done in the, you know, the since that movie, yeah. uh, I'm open, open ears for it. You know, just try it. Yeah, why not? And I wasn't disappointed. No. Um, I did like that it felt very like Manhunter or Silence of the Lambs where he's coming to the Joker who's already been incarcerated and locked up. And basically saying, hey, I need like, I need someone who thinks like this to take a look at this for me uh, and just try and get inside the head of someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the fact that maybe he and Joker are somewhere on, on like the same footing where he feels like, yeah, I should go talk to this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that Yeah, that guy was fucked up. And yeah. uh, those those cuts and bruises and bumps didn't look old. They looked new. Yeah, they looked fresh. Um, I, it, I did get the vibe because the Joker makes mention. He says something about it being like almost their one year anniversary and that the one year anniversary is the paper anniversary and making fun of the fact that Batman's just bringing them folders of stuff. Mm-hmm. But so that seems to suggest since this is only his second year um, that we see him facing the Riddler, that the Joker might be the only other real villain that he's ever faced. And the fact that that would probably be his first one. Um, it's kind of interesting, uh, you know, at least to give us some prior history. I like the feeling of a world that's been existing before we saw it. Right. 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 Being put in the middle of something as opposed to seeing it from the beginning. Um, and especially if it's written well. I was going to say, and I really enjoy, um, the real like still the realism of it like you know mm-hmm. um i suppose and like you know not discrediting heath ledger i loved him as joker but you know he's yeah. like blowing up entire hospitals and stuff like that and that's kind of like that's right. a little out there um not saying it can't happen but you know right it's- yeah because stuff like that does happen but yeah it, it is it does run into the same issue that i brought up um for the batman where okay if you've got like basically a terrorist uh, you know homegrown terrorist doing all these things why is it just like Gotham PD? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very excited to see, uh, you know, if they do, cause I do feel like, you know, I know we, when we first saw it, we discussed how it throws it up in the air of they could do something with this or they couldn't. And this is just something they yeah. wanted to give us. Yeah. I, I do think with casting an actor like Barry Kogan, um, who's kind of seems to be one of the new it kids, you know, where, Okay, this guy's going to be in a few things. You figure he's been in, um, uh, what's the movie he was just in, the Marvel film? Uh, the Eternals. Oh. You know, so he's kind of, yeah, it's, yeah. It was okay. Um, yeah, I heard it was, yeah, exactly that. So I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> it was whelming. Um, but no, I, I think, you know, with him being kind of, like I said, you know, seems like he's going to be kind of everywhere uh, here soon. He'll be like an Oscar Isaacs where. He was nowhere, and now that's all you see. Um, Which I'm okay with, because Oscar yeah. Isaac is a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Uh, it, <clears throat> I, I think that Barry Kogan did a good job, and I would like to think that maybe they didn't want to release this scene in the film for whatever reason. Maybe it was because they didn't want to overshadow the Riddler, or maybe they aren't certain that they want to make it canon that the Joker has already fought Batman. Um but I would hate to think that this is all we get as a deleted scene from him. Uh, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? He does a good enough job that I think, yeah, you should probably give him scenes in a movie. Like, give him yeah, give more. him some more screen time. Or, you know, if they had talked about that Arkham Asylum series that they were going to make, maybe put him in that, right? Absolutely. And I was going to say, um, oh, shoot. the yeah, I love the aspect of, yeah, it's, you know, Joker was here before we were. Like, yeah, you know, we don't need the origin story or like the grand appearance of right, Joker yeah. or try, you know, because it's it's all been done before. And so yeah, exactly. Like, you know, he's he's already ground. locked up. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows who the Joker is. He's locked up. He got him. Right. I did like you know, in classic Joker fashion the idea of Joker being really able to get under Batman's skin. 
because mm-hmm. um, you figure he says to him something effective. You know, he keeps prying at Batman. Why do you like this? Why do you, you know, what about this stands out to you? And Batman makes the comment, you know, we're not here to talk about me. And he goes, but you're just so much more interested, you know. Um, yeah, I that love that, that too. Yeah, yeah, that the Joker is just obsessed with the Batman. And he points out the similarities to him that, you know, you and the Riddler aren't so different. A masked vigilante whose, you know, quest for vengeance has caused you to do things, except he's going straight to the top. Like, he's taking out the corrupt politicians, whereas you're just beating up thugs, right? So maybe the reason, you know, maybe you don't necessarily disagree with what he's doing. Maybe you think they deserved it. And that's a really good question to pose to this Batman, especially, who's really young and still angry, and he hasn't learned that he needs to be a hero yet. Um, that maybe you're enjoying this. Yeah, maybe you like this. Which, yeah, uh, I, I completely I, agree with. I think it's... I mean, because obviously it's like... Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, because like, they all were bad people, and that's a good sign of a... Uh, that's a sign of a good villain, is when their motivation is empathetic. Um, you know, yeah, they all are bad people that he's taking out. It's just, shouldn't there be other ways of doing it, right? But you don't and, necessarily disagree with what he's doing. Yeah, and that's kind of what I really enjoy um, about Batman. I also think it's going to be the fall. Is I'm not sure, like I said, I don't read any of the comics or anything, but mm-hmm. like I imagine one of Batman's falls is going to be um, he's not really a good guy. <laughs> like this guy right. is crazy. Yeah, yeah, like a sane person doesn't go, you know what, I need to fix this city. Let me spend my billions on all this high tech stuff to be a bat that beats the shit out of criminals at night. For jaywalking. <laughs> yeah, like just, I love all the memes of like, you know, oh you my know littering in Gotham you City. so many. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, the one thing I would say about the, the scene is that um, I, I had to watch it more than once to kind of figure out what they both were saying all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, neither one of them, between uh, Batman having his gruff voice and then the Joker being... You know, doing whatever voice he's doing, plus being behind that glass. Um, yeah, it's a little. Muffled. I didn't catch everything that he said, but after watching it a few times, I was pretty able to pick up on the conversation. I thought, uh, if 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 I am correct here, I believe mm-hmm. this Joker has. Is it a disease or? A... Um, so Matt Reeves had talked about that he th- he wanted to keep it grounded. And he didn't want to do physical scarring like. Uh, Heath Ledger's Joker, and he didn't want to do, like, an accident like uh, the original Joker in um, Jack Nicholson's interpretation. Sure. He wanted it to be, yeah, he's he's got this stuck-on smile, but maybe it's from a birth defect. Mm-hmm. And so he, there, I forget what it's called, but there was a a birth defect that he, that he had found that causes facial paralysis that kind of pins the lips back like that. Um, so he's always just got this big smile on, um, and like, you know, like you said, his face is all scarred and stuff where he probably picks at his face and whatnot. And his it looked like maybe he'd been pulling up. his nails. Yeah. And his he- it looked like he'd been burned and you he don't know do if, the- yeah, like the back of his head and stuff. Yeah. And he's got bald spots. Yeah. And you're like, man, did, but like, did he do that to himself? Was he abused as a kid? <laughs> is that from when they fought? Like, did Batman do that to him? Hey, whoa. Did he what? lose his cool? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he's always, like, on the edge of losing his cool. How serious do you have to get to pull somebody's hair out? I, I'm thinking he burned him, like... <laughs> maybe he kicked him into <laughs> fire or something. What's going? <laughs> he's just yeah. branding him. Yeah. 
but I think I think that's all I had on it. I don't want to exhaust a five minute video. You know what I mean? But right, I, it, yeah. it, it excited me at the idea of more of this world and you know seeing the Joker again. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, whatever they decide to do, if they do something, I'm very excited. I feel so much more invested into DC right now. Yeah, yeah, it is an odd time for both of them, Marvel and DC, where DC kind of tried to rush it and get you know caught up with Marvel, and I don't think it went well for them. And they've kind of pivoted creatively to okay, maybe we'll not worry so much about being interconnected and just get some good ones out, right? Which and that's sounds completely like a, okay. Duh. Right. Yeah, because you don't want to copy Marvel. Maybe Marvel's thing is that they've got the big interconnected universe and you've got the maybe higher quality, more art house type movies, right? Mm -hmm. Like a Joker and the Batman. Um, And then Marvel's at a spot where they kind of we don't know where they're headed. Right. You know, with the Infinity Saga, it's like, okay, yeah, we know what's coming up, like where it's headed is uh, Mm -hmm. this guy is going to show up and try and wreck shop with all these Infinity Stones. Right. And now that that's done, it's like, okay, now what? Yeah. And they're back at the rebuilding stage of like, you know, we're going to introduce all these new characters and they're having to dig into the characters that might not be as popular, you know, on on the mainstream. So it is kind of interesting to see them try and sell them to the general public, right? Yeah. And I was going to say, phase four is coming to an end and they're about to dip into phase five. Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to think what they said their last film for phase four would be. I want to. Is it Thor? I no, I don't think so. I for some reason I'm thinking it's Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Okay. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Speaking of Marvel, you know, perfect little segue there. Uh, <laughs> you read? Some, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we read some Moon Knight comics this week. Um, <clears throat> now I'm more of a comic reader than you are. I say. Uh, so what were your thoughts on like actually sitting down and devoting time to reading some comics? You don't have to get into your, your comics specifically. I've got some more stuff up top, but just what are your thoughts on sitting down and reading a comic? Sure, yeah. It, so I started off uh, on my lunch at work, mm-hmm. and I read the first one, and I enjoyed it. But um, yeah. I don't know. I just didn't really have the luxury of like being at home. Like I was right. you know, set out. I have a time typically wear like a, a button down shirt and slacks for my job so i'm just crammed in my car trying to munch right. on a sandwich you know as fast as i can on my 30 minute lunch while I try to burn through a couple uh comic books um, yeah no it was really interesting especially when i you know was able to come home um and just relax and you know lay in bed and read them i thoroughly yeah. enjoyed them yeah i've always enjoyed comics because i <laughs> it sounds like i'm dumb but i enjoy having both the story like the the written story and the visual story, um, which sounds like a very intelligent way of saying I like picture books, right? <laughs> no pictures in this book. How do you expect me to oh, read this? Oh shit! Yeah, but no, I, I do think that there's a lot of power in a comic book where you get to see the character, um, and you get an idea of how they move, and you know, and that's a testament to the artist in that it's a still image, but I know how this guy looks and moves and acts, right? Right, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, it, and it does humanize him and connect you because every time I read about him, I give him a voice, uh, you know, where the writers write specifically a voice for this character. And yeah. I know what he looks like when he's, you know, gesturing. Yeah, Shit, yeah, good? no, the, vo- the voice thing, I definitely agree with. You all right over there? Yeah, why? <laughs> I heard crashing. I thought you were going down. I, I literally haven't moved. Oh, shit, was it? 
I hope there's nobody in the house. <laughs> yeah, I've just, just been sitting here. Someone's come into the room behind you. Baba Yaga. But no, I wanted to give a quick little like rundown of Moon Knight in general in comic books before we each get into our, our respective books. Yes. So Moon Knight first debuted in 1975 in a, a Marvel comic titled Werewolf by Night number 32. So that sounds to me like when they were doing their horror comics, that might not be like, you know, A, B, or C list, right? And he's, his name is Mark Spector. He's the son of a rabbi. He was in the CIA, and then he turned into a mercenary. And he gets mortally wounded while he's doing mercenary work in Egypt. And he actually dies in front of the altar of Khonshu, who is like the Egyptian god of uh, the moon and vengeance. And I didn't look into it. I probably should have. I don't know if that's true or if that's just like made up for the book. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, well, either way, I mean, it's... Sounds convincing. Yeah. You had Mace. Right, yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. Um, and so like, he dies. He does pass away in front of this altar. And he awakens fully healed and with this sense that he's meant to be Khonshu's left fist. And he's supposed to be the Moon's Knight, which is how he gets his name, obviously, being Moon Knight. Mm -hmm. um, and now he tries to redeem his life of violence by saving and avenging in the, uh, the innocents. And <clears throat> one of the interesting things about his character is that he's been shown to have. Um, um, I can't think of the proper term, but basically split personalities where it's more than just having alter egos. It's he's a different person. Yeah, right? completely. Um, and so oftentimes his sanity is in question, obviously between his actions of like brutally um, beating up the criminals that he's fighting. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And being very violent and then claiming yeah. that he's on a mission from this Egyptian God. Right. Where you're like, okay, yeah, if you say so, right? Sounds and not like, to mention uh, that he's got the, the multiple personalities. It just adds to the people around him going, I don't know if this guy's playing with a full deck, you know? I'm just waiting for, you know, he's beating the shit out of someone, breaking the arm. Have you heard the good news? <laughs> you know, just yeah, have you heard the on. word? <laughs> yeah, laying it on him. <laughs> Would you like to, do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior, Kanshu? Yeah. <laughs> real quick, real quick. Mm -hmm. To break off, I remember, I went to like, um, you know, our town had like a little fair and I was in high school and I went to one uh -huh. and I, you know, walked in uh, to this little tent and it said like fortune telling. And I was like, <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, this is 100% a gag. You know, there's, you know, there's right, no yeah. way you can tell somebody's fortune. But I was like, you know what? But I'll, I'll go in. It sounds They're like fortune. Right. You know, it just sounds like a cool experience. So I walk in there. I'm talking to him and it's this pastor and somebody else. And they say the work of, like, the witch is such a sin, and unless we sit there and listen to their, like, 30-minute lecture, we're going to perish in hell. And I was like, what the hell, dude? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to say, like, oh, you're going to be feeling some sadness in the next, like, right, yeah. 30 days. I you're going to look at my palm and go, oh, interesting. Right, yeah. I was Not like, this damn an 11-year-old to hell. <laughs> so that's just, from now on, that's how I picture Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, do you want to talk about yours first, or do you want me to talk about mine first? Ooh, I'd love to talk about mine first. I got a lot yeah, of stuff I want to talk about. It. So, tell us, uh, you know, what you got written down, who it was written by, what the story's about, and all that. Go for it. Yep. And I'll, so I'll interrupt was... with questions as I go. Absolutely. Yeah, so mine was written by Warren Ellis. Um, huh? So, basically, m the series of Moon Knight I was reading um, is about a, basically, he is still a masked vigilante. Um, but he is obviously working with the police and they call him Mr. Knight. Um, and okay. it's brought yeah. in the first issue, uh, while they're talking, 
and he goes, Who, isn't he Moon Knight? And the, the commissioner basically is like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh, Moon Knight is a masked vigilante. Mr. Knight here is just a concerned citizen. <laughs> so it's like their their way around having to do Right, yeah. So they're like, don't yeah. call him like that, because if you call him like that, we'll have to treat him like a masked vigilante. Um, right. And he's basically just doing the dirty work for them. Right. Um, but, and he, and throughout it, he's just, it's very low crime. You know, mm-hmm. like it's uh, each each like, different like uh, issue. Yeah, is it like a different character, or like a gang, or anything like that? Oh, okay. But they do connect back to each other, so it is still connected. Yeah. Um, and throughout it, you know, um, Mister Knight kind of deals with Kanshu and what their relationship is. Um, yeah. As well as trying to be. You know, he wears a suit. Like you know, he's just like <laughs> right, he's trying to be like up. a proper gentleman. Right, and so he's trying to you know remain that proper gentleman look um, while working with the police. But I mean, he's killing people. Yeah, he's still Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, and then some of the you know key points I wanted to talk about uh, from the the issue or the series I read of this version. Um, in this one, I'm not sure. Uh, in yours, these are just some key points we can hit back later of yeah, yeah. Uh, similarities and differences. Um, he was super charismatic. Like okay, yeah. talking, talking to the police officers, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of them was kind of digging on him and like, you know, bashing him. And he was just like, you know, officer, I understand your concern, but right now I like, I want to take care of this part because you guys could be doing something that doesn't require, you know, to get your hands this dirty. Right. Yeah. Try and keep you guys out of this. Right. And the commissioner was like all for it. And so he, you know, and even he even got the police officer like, oh shit, like. Is he really doing this because he cares? Yeah, yeah, but they're not sure. Right, and so he's very charismatic, very persuasive, which is really interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. And this one, his version of Kanchu. Yeah. um, You you can kind of see it laying in the back of his mind, is terrifying. It is basically a monster. Yeah, he is this, uh, it's a bird skull. Okay. In like, kind of like a beat up suit. And he's just constantly sitting in a throne. And then you see, uh, you know, um, Mark Spector is not challenging him, but he's kind of calling him out on some shit that he didn't do to help him. And you just see him like stand up and turn into this huge beast. And he's like, are you questioning your faith in me? Yeah. And, you know, very interesting, but a good, like, scary uh, Khonshu. Yeah, and that that does lean into like I like I mentioned. Okay, so is that actually happening, or is that just legitimately something he's seeing in his head? Yeah, you know he's I mean? just is crazy. He crazy, or is that is that happening? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that was going to be another thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're all good. I was just going to say that was going to be another point I wanted to talk about is in this he does address it to himself, and it kind of keeps it a little more grounded. Where he's just like, "Oh, this must be happening. This is just the norm." Yeah. He was like, and Mike, I should probably go get checked out. And he goes to the doctors and they're like, no, nothing's wrong with you, dude. Like, are you good? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah, beats me. I was hoping you could tell me. Um, Just so I'm not stroking it. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I was just going to say, well, no, no, because I was going to end on mine. So did you have any questions or anything? Yeah, I had some questions. Um, So it's, would you say that yours is pretty actiony or was it more detective because with him being mr knight it sounds like he might be more um 
you know, working with the police, almost like a, almost like a Batman, uh, not to draw too many parallels, but like he's doing more detective work. Uh, is that how it came off? I believe it or not. I actually think it was probably half and half uh-huh. because I would say like the first half is the detective work. He comes okay. in, he's figuring out what's going on. Cause he comes in clueless and he's like, all right, well, you know, let's think. And he breaks it down and then he finds it. And then the rest of it is him executing whatever he's got to do. And it's just right. action packed. Does your moon Knight kill or does he mostly maim like a daredevil <laughs> or a Batman? <laughs> oh, he kills. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. There's a scene where um, he is entering a building that's like, you know, some thugs are holding people hostage, and he's just mm-hmm. working his way through them, trying to get to those people in the back. And yeah. he lifts a guy up and throws him over the railing, and it shows uh, the guy landing yeah, over the stairwell, and he lands on the railing, and his back is just split. Jesus. Yeah, there's and a bit can- of that in mine. Yeah, and there's scenes where like he kicks somebody's kneecap and you see the bone pop out. Yeah, that was one of the things I was going to ask you was how violent, like, graphic was yours? Or was it mostly implied violence or did they straight up show it? So there was definitely, like, scenes like that, yeah, absolutely. But I would say they did a good job of playing it not to be like, oh my god, this thing is literally just gore. Right. Because there's a scene where, you know, he's in like this subway and uh, the light is red. Mm-hmm. So you can see like the outline oh. of the blood, right? But, but you can't see in. like how. Yeah, it all blends in, yeah, which I thought was very tasteful. Yeah. yeah, that's an interesting like artistic approach to it. Uh, so, <clears throat> where in like his timeline do you think this takes place? Is it early in his career, or has he been doing this a while? Do you? Think? It's hard to say, just because. On one aspect, he is just super wealthy. Like, he has this mansion. He's got, like, right. a self-driving limo. But there is that conflict with Conchu, so I'm not really sure. Right, yeah. Well, and so you said that the officer knew him as Moon Knight. So he's obviously been doing it enough to have recognition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is pretty well-known, um, you know, throughout it. Like, everyone knows who Moon Knight is. Yeah. But like in wow. timeline, I'd say. I mean, it's it feels like it's set for whatever reason. They have like uh, modern iPhones and stuff like that. But for whatever okay, reason, I pick pretty... up the. F- well, I was gonna say I feel like it picks up like in the nineties for, for whatever reason. Oh, okay. And I was looking. Uh, yours was written in like twenty fourteen. Correct. So it's a relatively recent comic. Um. And I believe when we were doing our research, we picked that one because that's the first appearance of Mr. Knight is what I think we read. Mm-hmm. So, which is kind of interesting because he's actually in uh, the series. I've seen the like the photos of him as Mr. Knight, not just Moon Knight, uh, which okay. is kind of exciting that maybe they'll delve into that detective side of stuff. Which I would be absolutely. Yeah, I reading these makes me so excited to watch Moon Knight. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm the same way. Um I don't want to cut you off. Did you have more that you that you wanted to talk about with yours? Yeah, I was just going to finish up on um, not to stroke its dick the entire time ending <laughs> on it. Uh, they did. I'm pretty sure they switched artists half or like halfway. Th- uh, no, for maybe like the last four issues. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure if they switched up writing style with it, but it did kind of deteriorate away and like a different story picked up from what was happening. Oh, okay. Um, so that one was like a little. Mine was uh, seventeen issues. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, but it wasn't bad, but it was like, oh, but that, you know, what you had you was notice. so interesting. Like, I, I wanted you to finish off with that. Yeah, when there's a noticeable difference, you know. And that's that's the, the power that the artists and the writers have, is that it changes and you, you feel it, you recognize it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read a, a series of Moon Knight from like 2006 called The Bottom, uh, and it okay. was written by Charlie Houston. Um, <clears throat> and it actually, kind of interestingly enough to bounce away from yours, this takes place pretty late in his career, where he's at rock bottom, hence the name. You know, he's at the bottom. Um, <clears throat> and he got pretty severely injured from a fight with his nemesis, Bushman, who's actually the guy that killed him and gave him, you know, that experience with Kanshu. Okay. Uh, and so he, when we see him uh, in, the, in the first issue, he's, like, not recognizable. He's got a big mane of hair and a big scraggly beard, and he's, like, in a wife beater in a wheelchair. And he hasn't, he makes it, it pretty clear that he hasn't seen or heard Kanshu in at least a year. Um, and he's, like I said, he's wheelchair bound. And you pick up from little flashbacks of his fight with Bushman that he got pretty messed up in that fight. Like, yeah. he falls off a rooftop and hits his legs on a, um, what do you call it, a fire escape railing. And Jeez. snaps them at the knees. Like, like you said, bone poking out there, just flopping around, right? And he, like, I, <clears throat> we don't get the, the lead up to the fight. But for whatever reason, it's a pretty passionate fight between him and Bushman. And when he takes him down, he actually carves and peels his face off and holds it up as like an offering to Kanshu. Um, and then proceeds to like cut the legs off and take them with him. <laughs> and you're like, oh my, not, not of Bushman, there. but his, his floppy legs that had broken. He, take, he cuts his own legs off. Jesus. <clears throat> and so, yeah, he's, we don't get much of, like I said before, that's like really the earliest stuff that we see of him is that fight that kind of dropped him to the bottom, right? Mm -hmm. Where obviously they fix his legs enough that he still has them. So I don't know if they don't really, they kind of glaze over that. I don't know if it's like, yeah, medical science is a wonder, isn't it? Or if yeah. Khonshu fixed his legs for him and that's the last they interacted. Because they do mention in my comic, at least, that Kanshu's brought him back from the dead like two or three times. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he's, he's in retirement and he gets pulled out of retirement when his friend and partner Frenchie is pretty severely beaten in like a hate crime because Frenchie is um, homosexual. Okay. Uh, and so he, you know, ah, you know what? I, he hears about Frenchie and he's like, I got to find the guy that did this. Right. And uh, he goes and exacts, you know, exacts his avenge, right? Revenge. Mm -hmm. He, he beats the hell out of the guy, and um, it ends up making the papers and all that, and it's like, oh, shit, Moon's back, right? Right. And he's actually, there's this weird thing where there's this group called the Committee, um, and they almost strike me as, like, uh, the criminal underworld, uh, like the heads of all these crime families, but they never really give them any, any names or anything like that. Uh, but they're working with a mutant that I didn't recognize, and they never give him a name. But the X-Men are kind of a blind spot in my comic knowledge, where there's so many of them that I don't, you know, I couldn't know every mutant. But he has a really interesting power or ability where he can tell of someone's deepest, like, thoughts, desires, uh, and their secrets just by looking at them. And they show that artistically by, like, giving them graffiti writing around them that says what they've done or what they're thinking of, things like that. Sure, sure. But so he's working with this committee to try and bring Moon Knight back. They want him back for whatever reason. And uh, 
this whole issue with Frenchie being beaten kind of put a damper on their plans because they didn't want him to be back just yet. Uh, so he, uh, they are like, oh, you know what? We got to send in some some reinforcements here, and they send in Taskmaster actually, who we saw in the the Black Widow movie, right? Yes, yes. Um, and he's in the Spider-Man PS4 game. But, uh, you know, his ability is that he's got photogenic reflexes. You know, he can study someone's fight style and perfectly mimic it, right? Yeah. And so he and Moon Knight fight, and he kind of... <laughs> he wins. Moon Knight's... Or Taskmaster's like, yeah, I gotta get the hell out of here. This isn't worth it. <laughs> and, 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 like, as a testament to who Moon Knight is as a fighter and just his, his abilities with Khonshu backing him up, uh, Taskmaster actually says to Moon Knight, like, that his fighting style sucked to master because he doesn't dodge. He doesn't fear bodily harm. He just, if he's going to get shot, he gets shot. If he's going to get stabbed, he gets stabbed, whatever. He just walks into it. Right. And so, when Task- yeah. And so when Taskmaster is trying to learn that style, there's just no evading damage. Um, and I just thought that was kind of interesting and I forget the context, but it comes up and I even took a screenshot. Cause I was like, fuck, that's pretty badass. Moon Knight makes the comment that he wears all white. Cause he wants them to see him coming. You know, whoever yes. they are. Right. And it's like, Jesus, that's scary. And it's kind of made, again, not to draw parallels, but it made me think of the Batman where he's talking about the bat signal not just being a call for him, but that it's a warning, right? For others, yeah. He wants them to know that he's there. So he, you know, when he starts getting back in the public eye, this actually takes place in the comics at the same time as the Civil War comics. So there's quite a few, like, just really brief, like, cameos and um, some background stuff where you're like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he gets visited by Spidey where Spidey like catches him in an alley and is like, whoa, wait, maybe we don't need to <laughs> beat that guy anymore. He looks like he's done, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and Mark's ba- or Moon Knight's basically like, you know, fuck off. Like I- I've got this. And Spidey <laughs> actually beat him to a pulp. Yeah. Like he's beating the guy with a, a, a baton and like there's blood on the baton and Spidey ends up like, you know, whipping his webs and getting it from him. That's like really the only interaction they have is Spidey being like, hey, you go easy, guy. And then we see Captain America. Captain America actually comes to his apartment and is like, hey, like things are getting pretty heated between, you know, me and Stark. And uh, Moon Knight's like, yeah, I don't really want to be on a team. And Captain America's like, yeah, that's not why I'm here. Are you stupid? Like, you're insane. (laughs) Nobody wants you on their team. We just want to make sure that you're staying out of the way. And he makes, they make mention. That, like he used to be on the Avengers and he got kicked out because he's uh they can't trust him, you know, he's unstable. And he's Which not I, exactly heroic. Yeah, I, I, I think that's so interesting too, that he's like, No, we don't want like get out of here, kid. Yeah, get <laughs> get away, lost. Like, like I said, he kinda you know, Captain America being, you know, all all high and mighty and good, right? Is like, Yeah, no, um, you're dumb. That's not why I'm here. <laughs> and then we actually see the Punisher as well because uh, Mark's like yeah Moon Knight's like oh shit there's something going down over here I better step in there and then it's actually the Punisher and you're like oh okay and uh, they don't really get too much of an interaction they basically just get us seen together where uh, this this Moon Knight um, is trying to not be lethal but he is still incredibly brutally violent um, mm-hmm. like I said you know he He's beating that guy to a pulp, and Spidey's like, he's had enough, and he's like, I'll, I'll tell you when he's had enough. And so he's kind of criticizing the Punisher a little bit for, um, you know, killing all of those guys. Mark's like, maybe we could go down there and stop him, and he's like, yeah, I am stopping him, because he's up on a rooftop with, like, a sniper <laughs> rifle, just shooting all these gang members. 
And yeah, and Mark's like, we could go down there and stop him. And he's like, I, I am stopping him. And he's like, no, I mean, like, and he goes, I know what you meant. And he's like, okay, you know, <laughs> all right, <laughs> proceed. <laughs> all right, bye. And uh, so then the last real, like, cameo that I, I noticed was Tony Stark. Um, okay. Not as Iron Man, but just as Tony. Uh, and Tony sure. comes to him and is like, hey, uh, I know that Cap came and saw you. And Mark's like, no, like, I don't worry. I told him I wasn't interested. And he goes, yeah, I didn't think that Cap was there. He's not that desperate. Like, <laughs> he wasn't there to recruit you. So he's just constantly getting shit on by, like, the A-list heroes. Where Tony's like, I don't fucking want you on my team either. Uh, I'm just letting you know that here shortly, it might get that desperate. You know, so just make sure you're on the right side. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it was very violent, my book was. Um, the art style was really... It was actually very gritty and clear like the the images were clear i was never confused on what was happening right but <clears throat> it felt like oh man these were like painted you know what i mean like very beautiful like detailed pages um yeah which so some of the violence was like oh rough uh <laughs> <clears throat> like he like i said you know he carves and peels off bushman's face and uh when he's capturing like bad guys, whether they just be street thugs or whatever, he's carving a crescent moon into their foreheads. So they've been marked, right? Jeez. Yeah. And you know, so you joked about Batman branding people, right? Well, this is he's he is. <laughs> he's making a mark on them. Yeah. And uh there's actually a really cool scene with that where they're uh the police are interrogating somebody who's been, you know, marked by uh by this guy. And the criminal's like, Why are you arresting me? Like, you know, he did this to me, right? And they're like, well, you know, we'll look into it. And like as a fear tactic, uh, <laughs> they show him Polaroid photos of all the other people that have come in marked like that. And some of them have like three or four on their forehead. Jesus. And they're like, you know, some of these people just don't learn a lesson and he has to keep coming back. Right. And the guy's like, <laughs> and he just he, he dips. He runs out of there. You know, they're like, he's like, I'm free to go. And they're like, yeah. And he like runs home. Yeah, that would be terrifying. That like, oh, shit, he's going to come back, you know. And it was like um, domestic violence is what he was in there for. So, you know, he's, okay. he's hunting down people that he, feel, he feels are wrong, right? But yeah. he's so brutal that you're like, I don't know if he's doing it the right way, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like, oh. You talked about your Khonshu being like this scary beast, right? Otherworldly. Yeah. My Khonshu was pretty scary as well, but it's because he shows up as Bushman's faceless corpse. And <laughs> and it's just like standing in the background, you know, and he's got no lips, no eyelids or anything. So he's just got this big teethy grin and wide eyes the whole time. Um, and there's scenes where like, you know, he's standing behind Captain America and uh, you know, in that scene that I was telling you about. And, you know, he's telling him, you should probably just fucking kill this clown. Like he's he's a pussy. He, he's, and he's saying those things to him. You know, this guy's a, a pussy. You don't need to listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Go ahead and kill him. And so you're like, man, is he? Is he crazy? Like, is this actually in his head? And he's having voices in his head telling him to hurt people, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, dude, that just it make it makes me think of a question, but I'll ask it later. Oh, you can interrupt. I interrupted you. Ask me your question. I, I was just gonna say, like, I want to know more about like what's Conchu's goal, right? So, you know, like, why? Um, so in in my book, at least, he sees himself as like a missionary of Khonshu. Like I'm here to spread the word. Like you made the joke, but literally he's like, he sees himself as a missionary of Khonshu. Like I'm here to spread the word that, you know, 
He is a god of vengeance, and he is swift. And if you harm the innocent, like there's consequences for that, which is why he's marking people and things like that, so that people know, right? And that the more people know about Khonshu, sounds... the stronger he is, is the idea. But it sounds like, I mean, because it's Cap- Captain America. He's such a boy scout. Right. Why would Khonshu be like, <laughs> you know, t- kill this clown? Yeah. <laughs> like, get him out of here. If he's such like a boy scout. Yeah. So, and I'm wondering if that has more to do with um, some of the things going on in the Civil War comics, where bo- uh, both sides of the Civil War are kind of not cool. They're doing some shitty stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or it could just be that Khonshu really just enjoys violence. Right. Or again, maybe it's just Which in his head. Mm, this one doesn't true. give us a clear answer on whether it's in his head or not. Um, obviously, they make like the references to him being healed and stuff. But did that stuff even happen? Or is that just him making stuff up in his head to make Khonshu this all-powerful god? Right. Um, Which, I mean, I do like how it leaves you in the cliffhanger. I think that's yeah. super interesting, too. Uh, he even actually meets up with that mutant I was talking about that can you know read people. And uh, mm-hmm. when he's dressed as Moon Knight, the mutant can't bear to look at him uh, because there's just too much stuff. Oh. So that's really interesting that like, oh, man, whatever Moon Knight's got going on, he is not he can't handle it all. Um, yeah. But then when he's Mark, <laughs> it's Spectre, too much, it's too much. Uh, turn it off. But when he's Mark Spector, <laughs> uh, he can look at him fine. And so Mark asks him, he like brings him to this altar that he's got in his apartment, the altar to Akanshu. And when he looks at it, mm-hmm. he sees stuff around the, the altar. And Mark's like, can you tell me if it's real? And the guy's like, don't ask me that. And he's like, no, I need to know if I'm crazy or not. And he goes, look, all I know is either it's real because I, when, you know, I see stuff or you are so crazy that when you put on that, that costume, you become someone else entirely, which is why I see different things, right? Which, again, could lend itself to that idea of him being having multiple personalities. He is, as for all intents and purposes, somebody else when he's Moon Knight, right? So it's Which, that's so that's such an interesting take. So it still doesn't give you an answer, right? I like I like that. I like how it's it's leaving you on the hook. Um, I did run into the same thing you did, where mine was a much longer series. Um, it's mm-hmm. like thirty issues. I only read about twelve to thirteen because about that far in, um, the writing team changed and the art style changed drastically, and I really didn't like it. And it really it doesn't seem to attach to the original twelve books very much. So I'm kind of confused. I don't know if maybe it loops back around. Um, I will keep reading it because I enjoyed it. But yeah, they had them listed as a 30-issue run, but it does change dramatically about 12 in. And I was like, okay, I think I got enough to talk about, right? Yeah. I did enjoy the telling of his story um, after he's been doing this for a while, uh, you know, and and that he's trying to deal with some of the things that he has done and the people he's chased off. Or like he was married, and after his injury, he became like addicted to pills and alcohol and was just a real bitter, angry person. And so he chased off his friends, his wife, and he's just alone in his apartment drinking, you know. Um, And you talked about him being wealthy. They talk about Spectre Industries having to close because he, like, burned through all his money and wasn't taking care of the company. Mm -hmm. Um, So he used to be wealthy and just isn't anymore. I would like like to see some of the violence and, like, the darker themes of, like, is he sane? Um, does this violence have a purpose? Like, is it justified violence? I would like to see that in the, the show, but I don't know if it, Disney would go that far. But they did just put mm-hmm. all the Netflix stuff on and add the parental controls. So maybe there's, you know, that was a, a lead up to this, right? And Kevin Feige has I... said, like, that this will be the most violent Marvel 
thing they've done. I was uh, good because I was gonna say I uh, it. I'm excited because Oscar Isaac's a very talented actor, yeah. and I could see him playing Moon Knight really well. But yeah, they gotta make it gory because it's just that's that's, that's who what he is. packs the punch. Yeah, yeah, he's he's violent. He is vengeance, and he is swift, and he is brutal. And like like you know, it gives you that moral ambiguity where you're like he's like I said, he's so violent that you're like I agree with the mission, but I really don't think he's going about it the right way. Yeah, his method is just now. Yeah, I want to read more Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, all in all, I would recommend reading. My, like I said, if you look up um, either Charlie Houston or the bot, Moon Knight The Bottom, it'll bring it up. I read it on Marvel Unlimited. Um, but yeah, it, I think it gave a good not feeling. Not a sponsor. Yeah, not a sponsor, right? Um, I got a good feeling for who Mark and Moon Knight both were, and it made me want to know more about this specific Mark. Like, oh man, I wonder what it was like before or after, right? Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to touch on... Um, so hearing some of the comments you made about yours, mm-hmm. how they're similar to mine. Yeah. Um, in the series I read, he hasn't. He didn't have an interaction with mutants. Oh, okay. But yeah. he mentions them. Oh, okay. Yeah. He mentions them quite often. Um, and then I wanted to mention you said his sidekick Frenchie. Yeah. Uh-huh. In it, he talks to a gentleman uh, who apparently there might have been some past interactions with mm-hmm. and i can't remember his name it was like I, I can't even remember what his name was but he was a french waiter yeah was it like jean baptiste or something who, to that effect could be something like that but he was a waiter um and who apparently dealt with a lot of homosexual abuse yeah because you know he says he mentions like my husband yeah um, that sounds like it's frenchy because frenchy yeah, owns a restaurant but, in this yeah, because he was a waiter at a, at a restaurant. Um, and then you mentioned how he shoes off all of his loved ones and stuff like that. Yeah. And in one of the comics, uh, some guy's fighting him, and he's like, nobody can trust you. And he mentioned, he said, he goes on by saying, you know, all the people who've ever loved or trusted me die or suffer. Right. Yeah, so that's why do. I work alone. Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't go well for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, but, so I just wanted to. You, that, that primed something for me go ahead and finish your thought oh i was just saying that's i just wanted to touch up on it how those similarities so i'm not sure if um if they're connected for a reason or if it just happens to be a coincidence right they might just be like his some of his core um you know ideas and some of his core characters are like frenchie you know because frenchie is his uh, one of the people that he's worked in that original comic uh that i talked about that (laughs) night of the werewolf Mm -hmm. or whatever when he gets hurt so Frenchie's probably yeah. just a, a core character, so he would show up. But um, no, talking about like the ones around him getting hurt, I don't want to get into too much in case people do want to read mine. But um, the villain that he ends up fighting is actually the son of another villain that he's fought in the past. And apparently okay. he took that son under his wing as like a sidekick, and he presumed him to be dead. And now he's back as like a villain who just wants to be worthy enough that Moon Knight wants to catch him, right? He's trying to be his nemesis. And so yeah. it kind of reminds me of like a darker version of um, from from the Incredibles. Incredibles. Oh um, god, what is his name? Uh, Bucky. Yeah, but uh, no. Oh no. Jamie, pull that up. Yeah. Um, right. Oh man, here, hold on. Let me look it up. That's gonna bug me. But no, it did have that vibe of like he just wants buddy, to buddy, 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 yeah, and he plays what's the villain? His his character. Um 
Syndrome. Syndrome, yes, thank you. My God, you're so good. <laughs> but no, so it does have, like I said, a darker, more serious take on something like that, where he was a sidekick, he failed, he, and like I said, he Moon Knight presumed he was dead, um, and now he's trying to be worthy of being his nemesis, right? And so he's, like, yeah. leaving dead bodies, like, carved up and made, making them into, like, human clocks, where he's painting with their blood a clock on the ground, and um, using their limbs to, like, be the arms of the clock, right? And so there is a little, yeah. like, faint detective stuff in there when he's trying to figure this guy out. But it really is, like I said, really faint. It's mostly about him internally trying to deal with being back. Yeah. Um, and trying to balance out being back, trying to get back in Conchie's good graces. Because the whole time Conchie's kind of like, yeah, I, you're not doing enough. Like, I don't, I'm not seeing it, you know. Because Conchie mm-hmm. wants him to kill. And he doesn't want to be a killer anymore. And so there's a bit of a conflict between the two of them. Uh, but he really still wants Conchie's approval. Um, cause as of right now, he's not, he's not invincible. Conchu won't heal him and Conchu straight up tells him that. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But so it was really good. Um, I, and like I said, I'll, I want to read the rest of them and see if it loops back around. Um, maybe Charlie Houston comes back and writes some more. I don't know, but I, yeah, I would like to see where it goes. If it does loop back to that, that core story. Do you have any more about mine or yours before we move on? Um, no, I mean, we covered everything. Okay. I will say that the bottom, uh, mine, was overwhelming. I didn't know what to expect going in, um, but I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I will have to say mine as well is uh, Moon Knight. Uh, I think it's just Mr. Knight or Moon Knight 2014 series. Uh, it was very uh, overwhelming. Yeah. It was, be- I think, beautiful all around. Um, just very interesting. I didn't know much about the character, and I felt like with this, I was able to hop right in. After like maybe issue two, I was like caught up to speed. I was like, okay, so like I know what how this guy works, how this guy functions. Right. Um, and just yeah, they gave me everything I wanted—a good amount of action, um, as well as you know, very well written uh, detective work. Yeah. So, would you say that it's overwhelming? Yes. Yeah, right. I said it was overwhelming. All right, cool, 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 cool. Uh, so then let's move on here. So Christian, you know, I gotta ask you, what uh, what you been thinking about this week? Ah, uh, well, you know, this week I've really, I've really been still thinking about cryptids. I know I've been telling <laughs> you about them, yeah. like just <laughs> ones I've been reading about. <laughs> you brought I don't up know why. And and so it gave you the bug. <laughs> it did. Like, uh, it's just what I've been thinking about. I think it's so fascinating. Um, I have one here. the The newest one I learned about mm-hmm. uh, is called the Jersey Devil. Okay, yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. Have have you heard this one? I've heard of it, yeah, and I've seen like different depictions of it, but I don't know much yeah. about it. So I, I got everything pulled up right here. Let me read it yeah. to you. So it says, Since the 1700s, there have been thousands of reported sightings of this cryptid in New Jersey Pinelands. Described as a kangaroo character with the head of a dog, bat-like wings, horns of a forked tail, the animal is said to prowl through the marshes of southern New Jersey and spook people with its hideous appearance. Although there have been many stories about the creature's origins, mm-hmm. the most commonly accepted is that is that in 1735 there was a woman mother there's a woman named Mother Leeds who had t- 12 children. Uh-huh. She stated that if she gave birth to another child it would be the devil. And when her 13th child was born, it transformed into the Jersey Devil, killed its mother, and flew screaming into the woods. Uh, to this day, residents of cities near the Pinewood Pinelands 
have reported hearing the devil screams late at night. Hmm. However, skeptics say that the creature is nothing more than a uh, story created by English settlers. Right. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I don't... We've talked before, I don't really buy into any of the paranormal stuff too much. Um, so I always <clears throat> am fascinated at, like, getting to the root of things like these, like like cryptids, where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, what what was it actually? It came from something, right? Somebody saw or heard something that made them go, what is that? Right. right. And then these stories pop up around them. Um, and I always think you can tell a lot about a culture based on, like, the monsters that they talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously, like you said, 1734, you've got, like they said, English settlers. They would be very religious people. The idea of this devil or demon that's out in the unknown woods, you know, they're new to this area. Um, and so I do think it's interesting that, you know, something can become popular and then everybody agrees. Oh, yeah, that's that's the Jersey Devil. Yeah. As well as I was going to say, you know, it could just be a dog or it could right, be yeah. like... You know, I don't know. Something like, it has wings, so it says it flew. So I don't know, like a, a larger flying animal, yeah. maybe like a big bird. Um, but yeah, no, I do. It, but then it also does ponder me. I was like, shit, that was three hundred years ago. What if there was some animals that just weren't documented yet back in the seventeen hundreds? Um, and I'm trying to think what else I've really been thinking about. Um, oh yeah, for whatever reason, I've been thinking about um, TV shows I would like to see that I haven't heard of, like yet. How do you like a show that doesn't exist that you would like to see exist? Correct. Okay. Correct. I gotcha. Um, so I mean one of the first ones was uh you know, Cad Bane from like the Book of Boba series. Uh-huh. I thoroughly enjoyed his character as well as I did in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um and I just I wanna see more uh, about him and I feel like they could and it'd be really good. Right, yeah, there's still time there probably. You figure Boba Fett's like five years after um uh, the Return of the Jedi, and so mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's room there to talk about him because we see um, him in Rebels, right? As well, I think. Uh, yes, I haven't watched Rebels, but I I believe he does make an appearance. I've been told. Yeah, which I wouldn't think that Rebels runs past Return of the Jedi, um, but I'm not. I, I don't know that to be certain. The cartoons is where I've got a big blind spot yeah. for Star Wars. As well as like just uh like continuing on Star Wars is the only other one I had. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see just a little spin-off um about like a Padawan who like kind of escaped mm-hmm. and he's trying to figure out, you know, how the force works. But I don't know, I don't know, just something so maybe different, like a, like a little spin off. Jedi Fallen Order. Younger than that. Okay. Like still like he's just understanding the basics of the force. Right. What would you think of, I mean, it wouldn't work in what you're thinking, but, you know, with us getting Obi-Wan and we're going to see a, a young Luke Skywalker, would you like to see a young Luke Skywalker? Yeah, I think, I, like, I'm definitely looking forward to it, but I know he's, I'm not going to see anything, like, with the Force. Right, because he doesn't um, know I suppose about I think it. it'd be, right, I, but I, I think it'd be interesting if, like, this kid knows what it is, yeah. but doesn't know how to use it or anything like that. Yeah. Um, just trying to adapt to everyday life, like being in hiding, but still trying to train. Yeah. So he can, you know, be able to use this, you know, gift that he has or she, you know, anything like that. Maybe um, to get away from something like that. that time period of between the prequels and the originals, which I seem, it seems to be where everything goes. Right. Um, uh-huh. maybe they do a, a series about a young, um, a young force user who Luke is trying to find. 
you know, where he's trying to start up his academy, right? They could do a series yeah, about oh, that would be really good. academy. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, feel like that would make it better. And there's that, like, dread of you know that, you know, Ben is going to go crazy and kill everybody, right? And then, you know, of course, uh, <laughs> the day before. Yeah, uh, yeah naturally. <laughs> June 21st, coming here. Super excited. I already, I, I, I'm 99% sure I uh, pre, pre-ordered it. Pre-bought it. It pre-ordered, pre-bought, 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 pre-ordered. I'm so like I'm so excited. That's even better that you like you've paid now for something that <laughs> I'm so certain is gonna just be a big flop. No, this is gonna be a big wet no. turd in the middle of the bed. No, <laughs> a fart in the wind. Yeah. That's all it is. All right, you gotta you gotta ask me. Sorry, I was taking a drink. Oh. Gone. What about you? What were you thinking about? I've been thinking about horror games. Um, I used to really enjoy horror games back when, like, you know, when obviously, like, when PewDiePie and Markiplier and all of them were, like, oh, starting yeah. out, and it was, like, you know, the thing on YouTube to, like, scream at horror games, right? Um, <laughs> and, like, I, I enjoy a good scare, um, mm-hmm. but I think horror games are really hard to get right, where it's, like, okay, they either lose the power over you quickly where you're like, okay, you know, I get, you know, um, or they go on for too long. Um, which again can lead to the thing where you're like, okay, this has been going on for a while and nothing new has happened. So it doesn't scare me anymore. A lot pack or it's punch. Right. right. And then like a lot of times they try and add in combat and stuff like that. And then you're not afraid anymore because you fight whatever the bad thing is. And then the right, to that is like, well, if I don't have weapons, all I, you know, the gameplay loop becomes like outlast where it's like, okay, I'm going to wander for a while. There's going to be some weird stuff going on in the background that creeps me out. And then there'll be a change. And so either way, it's like, it's hard to nail down, but I've been really into these horror, these indie horror games on steam from this Japanese developer that I, I don't know how to pronounce the name. So I'm not going to try. I don't want to butcher it. Um, but they're really short. They're only like two, um, three to $6, somewhere in that range. Um, okay. And they've got like this weird VHS art style to them, um, which kind of helps hide some of the, it's pretty pixely. Um, it's a pretty pixelated mm. art style, so it kind of helps hide the rough edges. Um, but it does a really good job of building suspense and just general unease where you're like, oh man, this is creepy. Like the one I've been playing is called The Closing Shift. And you're playing as a young lady okay. who um, works at a cafe, like a 24 hour Starbucks, except obviously it's Starbucks. And so right off the bat, it does a good job of going, yeah, it would be creepy to be a young woman who's alone at night at this store. And like, she's third. Yeah. Like she's got to do her job. Like if somebody creepy comes in, you can't just be like, you're creepy and run away. You've got to stay and do your job. Right. Um, and so you're like, okay, is she, am I justified in being afraid of these people or am I just being paranoid and things like that? Um, and then they do start to unveil oh, that it. like, Oh, maybe she is being stalked with it being the night shift. Is she by herself or does she still have like crew members? No, she is entirely by herself. Like I always laugh. You show up, and it's like, yeah, check in with your boss and put your stuff in your locker. And so you put your stuff in your locker, and you check in with the boss, and he's always like, damn it, you're late again. And then he just sprints out the back door to leave. Where he, like, he, yeah, like, that is, that is so relatable. He is just he's ready just, to get out of there. <laughs> he dives into his car. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, he was out of here like a bat out of hell. Um, but no, so it is cre- And it's funny because it makes me think of, like, the Diner Dash games where you're, like, people place their order, and you have to go around and make the coffee drinks and all that. So it gives you tasks, but the whole time you're like, 
there's a lot of windows on this store and it's dark out and I'm just uncomfortable and I feel like I'm being watched. And then, like I said, the game does slowly Ooh. go. Yeah, maybe you are being watched. Um, but I bought like three of their games because they all had really well. Re- they were all really well reviewed. Um, yeah. And I'm enjoying this one. So I'd like to check out the others. But yeah, so I'm trying to get into some good indie horror game. Dude, for sure. Oh, dude, dude, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I got Kerbal Space Program. Oh. Um, it was on sale. And I've always, I mean, I mean, going back to him, I remember like Markiplier, Jacksepticeye playing yeah. it, all that fun stuff. And um, I saw it on sale and it was, it was like 30 bucks. And I was like, man, I don't know. Like I just, it looks like a hard game and yeah. I just don't want to spend 30 bucks on it, you know. But it was on sale for like ten bucks, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta snag that!" And I've been playing it. So much fun! I've never <laughs> felt more stupid in my life. Right? Yeah, it's so much fun. Have you, <laughs> it's have so you made much it fun. to moon yet? No, not yet. I <laughs> I feel like NASA. I got a, a scheduling here coming up soon yeah. of when we're gonna when I'm gonna sit down and as a team of me and my fo- four associates. Yeah, right. Uh, we're gonna schedule a moon landing. <laughs> we're gonna do this. Uh, so <laughs> we're gonna put man on the moon we are running a little long so i want to move on because i don't want to shorten up this next bit um we got our very first piece of mail uh in our our uh our email what's that what's that gmail account called oh yeah that gmail that i mentioned that you can contact us at yeah. it is simply whelmed mailbag at gmail.com that's right uh but no we did we got an email um from someone that goes by scallywag 63 uh, and he writes or they write uh, simply whelmed producers. I have to say, the host of the show, Colin, slaps. No cap. He's professional and easy to listen to. Love to hear him nerd out on all of the current news. Keeps me up to date. Keep this all coming. It's fire. Uh, all, all rolls off the tongue naturally. I'm assuming uh, that they are of the youth. Of the youth. Uh, so he, his question, how long will the auditions for co-host number two continue, and is there a way I can get on the list? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait. First, he compliments. He's just tugging you off. Yeah, Scalawag sixty three. If you want to get a hold of me privately, we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm seeing um, a theme from all of our customer or er, customer. All of our. Um, I'm sorry, I'm stuck in work mode. All of our like audience interactions. They uh, they really like me. I gotta tell you. <laughs> Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> it's, it's hard out here for a pimp, you know. Like, yeah, I'm really feeling the love. <laughs> no, but he he did ask a legitimate question. He says, "Question for okay. the host, Colin." Uh, but we'll say Christian as well. I'm, he he's just joking. that's right. He says, "As a longtime comic collector, I wanted to get your opinion and discussion on what effects you feel digital media has had on the comic industry, as far as collectors are concerned. Not much is going into print anymore, it seems." And those that do are the graphic novels, for the most part, which is no longer directed at the 12 to 20-year-olds like comics used to be before. Do you think the video game explosion destroyed this market for the comic publishers, or do kids just not read anymore? Avid listener, looking forward to the next Brainiac cast. Right on. Um, so I think there's a little bit of... <laughs> there's a little bit of shaking his fist at the sky, right? Um, or I don't think it's a case of, like... <laughs> These damn kids and their video games. <laughs> I, I just think that interests have shifted. Um, print, mm-hmm. you know, print media obviously isn't the way. I mean, look at bookstores; they're, they're the same thing. Things like Amazon kind of killed the brick and mortar bookstore. You figure Barnes and Noble has closed quite a few locations, um, and they're really like the only bookstore left that's like a, a franchise chain. You know? Yeah. Um, oddly enough, 
the first thing that came to mind when he asked about uh, the comic industry and collections anymore was Batman's dick. Um, what? Yeah, Batman's dick. So a few years back, DC had a, a series of graphic novels called uh, DC Black Label. And they did, okay. and they were like graphic novels targeted at a much more mature audience. Like it's meant to be an adult book, right? Not like okay. erotica, but and and I don't know how I feel where this is well, going. Yeah, well, so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's one. It's called Batman Damned, and uh, okay, in it there's a non-sexual um, shot where you see Bruce Wayne naked and you see his dick, and it was what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, it was average, you know, but. People were people were up in arms, and they're like, "You can't, you can't show Batman's dick. Like it's, it's Batman, you know." And like they got enough heat for it that they turned around and edited it out and reprinted it right without the dick. But if you bought a digital copy of it, you got an update, and it updated your comic, and you got just automatically updated to that reprinted version. So from a collector's standpoint, oh, wow. if you owned a physical copy of that first run, you've got like Batman Damned Number One or whatever. You know, Batman's Dick Edition, right? And yeah. so, from a from a collector's standpoint, having a paperback copy of this comic book that shows Batman's Dick that's a rare commodity because that was only out of the original print, right? How much do you think that puppy's worth? I don't know, but right, exactly. That's the question. That's a rare <laughs> commodity where, like, you know, when collectors are marking them for sale, it's got to be like, you know, <laughs> Dick or No Dick, right? <laughs> like <laughs> Batman Damned <laughs> Number One Dick Edition, right? Um, yeah, that thing is meat in there. Yeah. <laughs> is this book packing schmeat? But legitimately, yeah. So it is an interesting topic of like, okay, so if you own a digital version, you don't own it, right? You own the right to have it, but they can change the product because they can force out an update. And now oh, the book that I purchased yeah. isn't the same book. And so it's a weird, and I mean, that's the the truth with things like video games and movies that you own digitally is you don't own anything, right? There's no physical thing to own. Uh, so it is an interesting thing where obviously people that are still avid collectors would want to go towards the physical media because it's not going to change on them. When they buy it, that's what they're getting. That's what they'll have until they don't have it anymore, right? Get rid of it, sell it, whatever. Right. What do you think about this? Uh, so with it, I've, I've never owned... At least to the point. I remember maybe like my sister owned some. I might have owned like one or two, but I remember I haven't owned too many comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I I feel like I don't know. It's tough for me to really say on that, just because I've been I you know, everything I've read was just digital, right? Um, but I definitely understand like the the aspect of you know oh the fuck they're changing it. You right. know, that's not it's not what it used to be, especially if you're somebody that that's what you used to do is collect the comics, right? Oh yeah. Um, I, I talking about the kids. I do think kids are interested in comics. Um, I just think they're more interested in the comic book movies, right? Things like Marvel has definitely shifted focus, yeah. to the visual medium, like the you know the the television and the movies. But I do think there's an opportunity there to loop them. Okay, we've got them on the hook. Now let's you know have them read the comics. So they do still have a market. I feel for a younger audience, right? They just need to make sure that they're writing the stories that they want to see. Right. Um, which I think is how you do get some of the newer characters, like Kamala Khan as Ms. Marvel, um, who she's a kid, mm-hmm. right? And then you've got the ones that are always going to be timeless, like a, like um, Spider-Man. You know, his whole story is that he's just a kid, right? So you do still have right. the stories that are for kids. Um, but also, <clears throat> you've got people like Scallywag here, who I've gathered is obviously an adult who is older. Um, 
does he want to go back and read a kid comic? Probably not. If he was going to read a new comic, he would want to read something aimed at him. So it's a tough tightrope act of, okay, we need to market to both ages because the people that used to be into comics are older now and don't want to read, you know, Spider-Man's anti-drug message. They want to read more real stories, right? Right. So yeah, I think there's, it is an interesting thought of, you know, okay, what, what does the digital medium do to uh, what used to be a very physical medium? Um, right, yeah. The only other thing I could say about that is that I do think the digital space has made it so that um, new creators can get more exposure um, <clears throat> because they can, with the way technology works now, they can draw the comic on their iPad or on their computer or however, and then publish it from there as well and kind of cut out all of the middleman stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it, you can still have new stuff be made that's not necessarily a guy in a cape. Um, you know, because there's a lot more to comics than it doesn't have to be a superhero thing, right? Figure, look at right. The Walking Dead. It's all about zombies. It's a horror comic. Yeah, I just I like the idea that because of technology, there's good and bad, right? Um, but you try and uh, yeah, try that's and what I was gonna positives. say. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it, there is pros and cons. The, you know, cons being you don't have like that physical copy anymore. But pros, you know, having the opportunity or being able to outreach to, you know, further artists. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, yeah. I think that's just the way the world moves as technology is advancing. Right. Yeah. The beautiful part of the internet, I always say, is that there's an audience for anything and anything has an audience, right? You just have to, mm-hmm. the internet lets you find that audience. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was a good good question. Thank you. Um, well, and like we said, if you have any, coming more any more questions, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, uh, please. I would really appreciate a compliment. <laughs> it's so hard to it's so hard to produce if a smile someone, these days. If someone could say anything <laughs> nice. That'd be cool. I much appreciate it. <laughs> nah, I don't know what you're talking about. They've all been praising. I don't know what you mean. Like these have all yeah. been positive. <laughs> Every time we get something in, I smile. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, so let's try I and wrap it, it up. We've been we've been going for a bit. Um, so again, we just want to thank you guys for your attention and support. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a great review. Tell your friends about it. Word of mouth, obviously, right now in the early years, uh, early stages is super important. Um, and speaking of word of mouth, I wanted to shout out uh, a town called Tappahannock, Virginia. I think is how you pronounce it. Shout out, <laughs> Tappahannock, T-Town. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>, T-Town. <laughs> we don't know anybody from that area, as far as we can tell. Like, we don't know any Tappahannock no. Virginians. Um, no. but, like, when we when we get on and we can see all our analytics and stuff, I have a heat map mm-hmm. that shows me, like, where the densest audiences are. And fucking Tappahannock, Virginia is just this big red dot where, like, everybody that's, like, <laughs> I think, like, a third of our listeners are from Tappahannock. And I don't know why. Like, cool. I'm not upset. But yeah, just, much love to you guys. It seems like a you know relatively small town in Virginia that just is eating this shit up. <laughs> um, it was actually one of the first places that I noticed. Like, oh man, like that has to be from Discovery, right? Not us, like peddling it off on friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was one of the first places to get like that deep red color I was talking about from the listeners. So thank you to the people yeah. listening from Tappahannock for maybe telling their friends about us and then continuing to listen so that we get more listeners that way. Um, if anybody Absolutely. from Tappahannock hears this, I would like for you to write in and tell us how you heard about us or anything. I just want to know what Tappahannock's like. Right? Shout out to town. Yeah. <laughs> T-Town! <laughs> what? I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so next week we're going to be talking about Morbius. 
Uh, <laughs> brother. Um, brother. Now, so we're hearing some interesting things. Uh, it's not, that's what we're hearing. From the early viewings. Whether it's good or bad, <laughs> I think we'll have a lot to talk about, right? Uh, I've got my own, my own feelings about Jared Leto. <laughs> we'll talk about it next week, probably. <laughs> so yeah, you know, you know, tune in for that next Wednesday at eight, right? Uh, so yes, Chris, we if, will. Uh, uh, if the people want to get in touch with us and give us some feedback, ask us questions, how would they do that? Yeah, of course. If you guys ever want to get in contact with us, uh, you, know, you can always email us at the Simply Mailbag at gmail.com. Or if you want, you can also follow us at Simply Podcast on Instagram. And then on Twitter, we are whelmed underscore simply. Yeah, and I was thinking if you wanted to write in and you didn't want to write a Maybe just send out a tweet at us. Uh, you could use the hashtag Simply Whelmed Podcast, anything like that, so that we can we can get it pulled up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think that's everyone. Thank you, uh, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We'll see you next Wednesday. Yeah, you guys have a good one. Say bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>